Hello and welcome to the podcast at Chesbro Baptist Church. Uh, we are in our family vehicle right now, heading off to our family vacation. But as they say, the show must go on. So let's say hi from the family. Kids, say hi. Hi. Miss Emily, say hi. Hi. And we had a great day in the house of God this morning, continuing on our series on wisdom. And the title of the message this morning was The Fear of the Lord and Wisdom. Please enjoy. Proverbs chapter number nine. Um, Like I said, we're still going through our series on wisdom. Don't know how much longer it's going to be. We might, this might be the last one. We might preach on it another week, whatever the Lord leads. And uh, we've just been enjoying it. I've been having a good time studying about wisdom in the Bible and uh, what the Lord has shown me. And I can't wait to show you what the Lord has shown me. The fear, uh, what we're going to do is uh, Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10. Let me get you to go ahead and stand and respect and reverence the word of God. We're going to read one verse. And this is going to be Proverbs chapter 9 and verse number 10. Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Let's read it one more time. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The title of the message this morning is the fear of the Lord and wisdom. Let's pray. Dear gracious heavenly father, we pray for open hearts right now. We pray for distractions to go away. We pray for our minds to focus and zoom in on what the Spirit has for us today. Lord, we've come here to church not to fill time, but we've came here to feast. Help us right now to feast on the truth from your Bible. Clear our minds and our thoughts. Help us to focus in on the Word of God today. Show us through your Holy Spirit what you would have for us. Be with our service today. For us, this in Jesus Christ's precious name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Ah, give it to me. Give it. If the Bible, if the Bible is a treasure chest, If the Bible is a treasure chest and inside of this treasure chest are uh, gold bricks of wisdom and gold coins of wisdom and and treasure of wisdom inside of this treasure chest that we call the Bible. If that's what's inside of this treasure chest, then as soon as we crack open that treasure chest and we grab the first gold brick of wisdom that we see. We reach in this treasure chest and we grab this gold brick of wisdom and we pull it out and we look at it. It's going to be the gold brick of the fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the first thing that you get when you open up that treasure chest and you start mining for wisdom, the very first thing you're going to get is the fear of the Lord. And if you don't get the fear of the Lord, then you don't get wisdom. The fear of the Lord is vital in our lives. The highest growth as a Christian, the the highest growth in Christ that you will ever experience in your Christian life, it comes from 
the fear of God. It is realized through the fear of the Lord. If you remove the fear of the Lord from your life, then you remove wisdom from your life. The fear of the Lord will make you more like Jesus Christ than anything else in your life. Few people today can really tell you what the fear of the Lord is, and that's the reason because in today's society, the fear of the Lord has lost its importance. It's lost its importance. What is the fear of the Lord? Man, I've preached on this before, but you can go through, you can go through Bible dictionary after Bible dictionary, and you can read Bible professors, and you can read Bible theologians, and you can read Bible scholars that try to define the will of God, and they'll give you definition after definition after definition, and you can read book after book after book, and it really doesn't, they all kind of say something different. They don't say the same thing, and so there, but I'll tell you what, there is one book that'll tell you what the fear of the God. Of the Lord is and that's the Bible whoever thought to look there the fear the definition of the fear of the Lord is in the Bible so we open up the Bible and we open up to say Ecclesiastes 12 13 and we read Ecclesiastes 12 13 and uh, uh, it says let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man and you read that and you think, okay, telling us to fear God, but what is it? You told us to do it, but you hadn't defined it yet. What is the fear of the Lord? Well, then you read the next verse. And the next verse says, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And there you have the fear of the Lord. That is the fear of the Lord defined. The fear of the Lord is you knowing and you knowing for a fact that God will see everything that you do. That is the fear of the Lord. When you know in your heart and it's the fact that God sees and knows everything you do and you genuinely believe that, it absolutely changes everything about your life. You are you and me. We are only godly through the fear of the Lord. There is no other way we are godly. We are only godly through the fear of the Lord. You cannot grow in Christ fully without the fear of the Lord, without the fear of God in your lives. So, okay, how do I develop the fear of the Lord? How, how, how do I develop it? Well, how you develop it is... You have to first consciously fear the Lord. You have to do something and you have to make yourself say, okay, God's going to watch me do this. God's going to see that I do this. God's going to know that I do this. So then once you consciously do it for a while, then eventually you'll get to the point where you'll subconsciously fear the Lord. You know what the, the point of this is? The point of this is to make the fear of the Lord a reflex. 
We want to make the fear of God a reflex in our life. Right now we do things and we don't think about God and that's why we do them. If we make ourselves think about God and we uh, consciously put the fear of God in our lives, then at some point it's going to be a subconscious thing and it's going to become a reflex and that's the goal. We want the, the fear of God to become a reflex in our lives. Think about Acts chapter 5. Think about Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira, they walked into the church and they lied to the Holy Spirit. They lied to the church. And they said, okay, we sold this parcel of ground for X amount of dollars when in actuality they had sold it for another amount. And then what happened? And they dropped dead. They dropped dead because they lied to the Holy Spirit and because they lied to the church. You know what happened when that happened? The Bible says that the fear of the Lord overwhelmed the church. The fear of the Lord got, got real to them then. They really feared the Lord then. And you know what it did for that church? It changed it. It changed that church and it changed it for the better because the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord think about Peter Peter in Luke 5 Peter has been fishing on the boat all night he's come up short the next morning he's ready to quit he's ready to throw in the towel and Jesus says throw out your net one last time Peter said man been at this all night, but because you told me to do it, I'll throw it out one more time. And he threw that net out and brought in so much fish that he couldn't imagine. And when that happened, he turned around and he fell down on his face and he worshipped Jesus and he praised Jesus. Why? Because he was struck by the fear of the Lord. Because as that moment he realized he was talking to the creator of the universe. He was talking to the one that made all. He was talking to the one who saw everything, who knew everything. And he was struck so much by the fear of the Lord, he hit his knees. There is no wisdom apart from the fear of the Lord. If we have a, we have a sense about the wisdom of the, if we have a sense about the wisdom of God, we want the fear of the Lord in our lives. And if you've got wisdom, you're saying, man, okay, I understand there's no wisdom without the fear of the Lord. Brother Brett, I want to know. Tell me how I can have the fear of the Lord. Tell me what I need to do if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and I can't have wisdom without the fear of the Lord. Tell me right now, how do I get this fear of the Lord? But foolishness right now is saying, hmm, I wonder what's for lunch. Give me a little volume. Is there any way? I wonder what's for lunch. That's what foolishness is saying. If the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, then we need to fear the Lord. So, here's a question. Here's a question we're going to be asking this morning. Why is the fear of the Lord so vital in my life? Why is the fear of the Lord so vital in your life? And I've got five answers for you this morning. Answer number one, because wisdom begins here. Because wisdom begins here. 
Now, we've talked a little bit about wisdom this morning, but let's dive into it a little deeper. Get your Bibles handy. We're going to be turning to some different verses today. We're going to be turning throughout the book of Proverbs. Everybody says, all right, Brother Brett, let me grab my Bible and get in my lap. Let's reread our verse, our verse, uh, our first, our text verse, verses nine, uh, chapter nine, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Okay, that was our text verse. Now turn over to Proverbs 1, 7. Proverbs 1, 7. Give you just a second to get there. Proverbs 1, 7. The Bible says in Proverbs 1, 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and destruction. So these verses here, these verses are a model of the book of Proverbs. Um, If Proverbs was only trying to get across to you one thing, if it was only trying to get across to you one thing, it would be trying to get across to me and you that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's what it'd be trying to get across to you. The theme of fear occurs 20 times throughout the book of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of both knowledge and wisdom. Now, these two words are not the same, but they do have a close relationship. Wisdom is the best use and application of knowledge. So once again, wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. Please listen to me. If you want to be a wise woman, if you want to be a wise man, there is no wisdom without the fear of the Lord. There is no wisdom. People think they have knowledge and they think they have wisdom without the fear of the Lord. But Proverbs 1 and Proverbs 9 say they're telling us that they're actually despising true wisdom. Even though They may have mounds and mounds of information in their head. They despise true wisdom. Let's read the verse again. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. There is a contrast here. And the contrast is between true wisdom and true foolishness. And the difference between true wisdom and true foolishness is the fear of the Lord. You see, that's why you can have a scientist. And this scientist can look into the deepest reaches of our universe. And this scientist can have knowledge inside of his head that people on this planet will, that most people on this planet will never have. And he can know more about things than most people will ever know. He'll he'll, he'll know these things, but yet at the same time, he looks at our universe and attributes it to chance. And he does not have the wisdom enough to know that there is a creator. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You have a doctor. This doctor is trained in the intricacies of the human body. He knows the beauty of the human body and all of its systems. 
And probably in his career, he has seen people who have been healed without any logical medical explanation. And what does this doctor do? He attributes it to chance. Because he does not have the wisdom enough to know that there's a God, that, is, that there's a sovereign God that is in control. Why doesn't he know this? Why doesn't he have that wisdom? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then you have other people who are just busy entertaining themselves and they never take the time to look around and look at this earth we're living in and see that creation shouts creator and that design creates designer. They never come to this wisdom. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. True wisdom always factors in. Uh, true wisdom always factors God into the equation. True wisdom always factors God into uh, the equation. A doctor that fears the Lord will not perform an abortion. The businessman that fears the Lord will not cheat his customers, will not cheat the government because he fears the Lord. The husband or wife that fears the Lord will not be unfaithful to their spouse because they fear the Lord. The unmarried man and the unmarried woman will not engage in premarital sex because they fear the Lord. Someone once said, they made this statement, they said, the fear of the Lord is seeing all of life from God's point of view. I like that statement. Let's examine that statement for just a second. If you remove the fear of the Lord, then you remove wisdom from your life. If you remove wisdom from your life, then you remove God's point of view. And once you remove God's point of view, you're done. If you remove the fear of the Lord from the church, then you remove wisdom from that church. And once wisdom is removed from a church, it's just a matter of time for that roof in that church caves in. This hard rock hotel collapsed. In New Orleans, I think two people died, many more people injured. Very, very tragic, very, very tragic situation. But, you know, any church, any church that's going to uh, remove the fear of the Lord and remove wisdom, oh, they may have a physical structure. But I guarantee you if that church was founded in the truth and they removed the fear of the Lord and they removed wisdom, it's a matter of time for that church spiritually caves in on itself. If you want to grow in wisdom, you must grow in the fear of the Lord. That's how you get wisdom as you get more fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is so vital because wisdom begins there. Why is the fear of the Lord so vital? Number two. Because life is found there. Turn to Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14. Number one, because wisdom begins here. And number two, because life is found here. Proverbs 14, verse number 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the stairs of death. I used to date this girl from Ohio, 
Every summer, she would go down to Hot Springs, Arkansas, because she had a Sunday school teacher that she loved very much that moved there. So every summer, she would go spend the summer with this Sunday school teacher in Hot Springs, Arkansas. One summer, in between college, I went and visited her in Hot Springs, and she showed me around town. We were chaperoned the whole time, and she showed, showed me around town. And what's cool in Hot Springs is it has these fountains. These fountains are actually fed by the hot springs in Hot Springs, Arkansas. It's not just a name. There's actual hot springs. And they got bathhouses and stuff that these hot springs feed. And it's funny. You go, some of the fountains are very warm, and some of the fountains are so hot you can't put your hand in it. And she used to tell me that what her and the teenagers at the local church used to do is they used to go buy boxes and boxes of detergent throw the whole box into the hot spring and then would just bubble over and the whole intersection would be full of suds from the detergent that was dumped into this hot spring. And so, you know, it's a fun thing to do. Maybe it's be something to see. But imagine, if you will, a big, beautiful fountain. Fountains are beautiful. But you know what the utility of a fountain is? You know what the actual purpose of a fountain is? The purpose of a fountain is so that the pool of water it's in won't be stagnant. That's the purpose of a fountain. That's why, so in, in, in this verse in Proverbs 14, 27, we have contrast. We have a fountain versus a stagnant pool. The fear of the Lord will keep your life from being dead. The fear of the Lord will keep your life from being stagnant. The fear of the Lord will keep your life from stinking the high heaven. You know, that's what a, that, because the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Also, I want you to see that the, if you stand really close to a fountain, what's going to happen is you're going to get drenched. It's just going to get all over you. Man, it's one thing when it's water, but it's another thing when it's life. You want to be drenched in life? Life just dripping off of every part of you? So far, this sounds pretty good. Man, the fear of the Lord is going to keep my life from being stagnant and stinking and dead. I'm going to have an abundance of life. I'm going to have life just dripping off of me. This sounds pretty good. John 4, 14. I want you to also see, though, that it helps us to depart the, the snares of death. John 4, 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life in Jesus Christ. I don't want to take anything for granted. We got all home folks in here today. We got all people in here that don't, we don't have any visitors today. We've got all home folks that come every week. I don't want to take anything for granted in here and think just because you come here every week and I see every week that you're saved. I don't want to take that for granted. There could be someone in here, you've just been, when it comes invitation time, you've been saying no every Sunday instead of saying yes. There may be someone in here that has never experienced the life-giving water of Jesus Christ and maybe today is the day you bow the knee. 
Maybe it's the day, the day's the day you bow the knee and you drink of the life-giving water of Jesus Christ and you become regenerated and you become redeemed and you become his children and you become a child of God and you have a home in heaven. Maybe today's the day you drink of that life-giving water and you become a child of God and you receive salvation. And you know, when somebody does that, when somebody does bow the knee to Jesus Christ in acceptance of him, they do it out of the fear of the Lord. Isn't it amazing that life is found in the fear of the Lord? You wouldn't think that. But life is found in the fear of the Lord. Turn to Proverbs 19.23. Proverbs 19.23. The Bible says, Proverbs 19, 23, the fear of the Lord tendeth to life. We just talked about that. And he that hath it shall be, shall abide satisfied, and he shall not be visited with evil. So we've already talked about the fear of the Lord, how it gives life, how it brings life. But here, though, it says that the fear of the Lord brings satisfaction bring satisfaction man the word satisfy is an amazing bible study when you get a chance you look up every verse that says satisfy it is an amazing amazing bible study whoever has the fear of the lord is satisfied you know what this world is looking for this world is looking for satisfaction They're looking for satisfaction in sin. They're looking for satisfaction in self. They're looking for satisfaction in drugs. They're looking for satisfaction in immorality. And they're looking for satisfaction and they will never find it. Why? Because satisfaction is found in the fear of the Lord. You're not going to get satisfied any other way. So now we see that the fear of the Lord brings satisfaction. But if the verse continues, what else does the fear of the Lord bring? It says, he shall not be visited with evil. So the fear of the Lord, it brings life. The fear of the Lord, it brings satisfaction. But now we see the fear of the Lord brings security. The fear of the Lord sends human fear running. The fear of the Lord will send your human fear running. We can look at example after example in this Bible where the fear of the Lord conquered human fear. Let's look at David and Goliath. Just a little shepherd boy. Everybody else in the country is is quaking down and shivering down to, uh, to Goliath and even the king who's head and shoulders above everybody else. He should be the one fighting. He's quaking in his boots and everybody's he's scared. And David, just a little shepherd boy, stands up and says, I'll do it. I'll do it. Give me my sling. Give me five stones. And David took those items left the armor, left the sword, grabbed grabbed the sling and the stone and started marching towards the giant. He left human fear behind him because he had the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord conquers human fear. He will not be visited with evil. Let's look at Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. 
You may know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but I don't call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because that's not their names. That was their slave names. We don't call Daniel by his slave name. Why well, call these three Hebrew boys by their slave name? So I call them Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So these three Hebrew boys are standing before the king and they are commanded and they said, when you hear the music, you will bow down. And they did not bow down. They, he, the king brought him and put him in front of fiery furnace and said, when the music plays, bow down. And they looked at the king and they said, we will not bow down. They said, our God is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And then they said, but if not, we will still not bow down. What is that? What, what is that? They were more afraid of God than they were afraid of the king. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel completely trusted God with his life because he feared God, not the lions. Think of all the people who were martyred for the cause of Christ. And as they were tied to a burning stake, burning, giving their lives for Christ, they're crying out in praise. They're crying out in worship. They're even praying for the people that's burning them at the stake. What is that called? That is called the fear of the Lord, and it conquers human fear. Fear of the Lord is so vital. Number three. Because blessing is guaranteed here. Turn to Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15 and verse number 16 and 17. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. True blessing and true treasure is found in the fear of the Lord. Here in, here in uh, verse number 17, we see a dinner of herbs versus a dinner of a stalled ox. Now, when you could afford to stall an ox and fatten him up, just get him fat and fat and fat. I mean, usually when you got an ox, you're working the ox. He's out in the field. He's plowing, he's doing something utility-wise, but when you can afford just to have an ox in a stall getting fat so you can have him for dinner one night, you are a very, very wealthy family. But you know what? Solomon is saying here that it's better to be very poor and have the fear of the Lord than be very rich and not have the fear of the Lord. How many families... They come home, they gather around a table and gather for some hamburger helper, but they're just so full of love and they've been looking forward ev the whole day to getting together with the family and talking with the family because they love to be around each other. The kids love their parents. The parents love their kids. The husband and wife love each other, and they can't wait to have that special time together, even if it is around some hamburger helper. How many other rich families, they eat Escar, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with Hamburger Helper. Uh, how many families, they eat escargot and they eat caviar, yet they can't stand each other. 
There is no love. They can't stand to be around one another. How many people have so much money, yet they have no satisfaction? They have so much money that they'll never have to worry about money the rest of their lives, and they kill themselves. They blow their brains out. Oh, I've got everything. No, you don't. If you had everything, you wouldn't have killed yourself. You know what? How many people have it all, yet they have nothing? What this verse is saying is that a little is better with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and all the trouble that comes with it. You know what wisdom is saying right now? Wisdom is saying money doesn't work. Possessions don't work. God works. The fear of the Lord works. And you know, many of our homes, they start out with in humble beginnings. Me and Emily started out, we didn't have a whole lot. We were fresh out of Bible college. In fact, she graduated a year before me. I had one year left. She was a hostess at a restaurant. I was a security guard. What little bit of savings we had went for deposit for our first, uh, for our first apartment. It was a 900-square-foot, one-bedroom apartment, and it was outrageously overpriced. But that's where we started at. We didn't have a whole lot. And you know what? Some of you, you started with less than that. Humble beginnings are good. Why? Because you don't need all that stuff. All you need is the two of you and the fear of the Lord. A man has lived his life for God. He never had a whole lot. He lived paycheck to paycheck his whole life. But he lived for God. He taught his family to live for God. Now he's at the end. Now he's in a hospital bed. And he's got his last few breaths of life. He's about to enter into eternity. Gathering around him at this moment is his family. And there is a sadness, but there's a peace too. And there's a hope. And that room is so full of love as that family gathers around that man, there's singing, hymns, there's praying, and there's love as this man breathes his last few breaths. Across the hall is another man. This man was rich his whole life. He's in this hospital bed alone. He's burned all his bridges. There is no love. There is no peace. He does not know what's about to happen. And in that moment, he would give every dime he ever earned to have what that guy has. That's what the fear of the Lord will do for you. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and all the trouble that comes with it. Because in that moment, nothing else matters. You don't have to turn there, but let me read for you Proverbs 22, 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. 
That means that for the Christian, there is no greater riches than the ones found in Jesus Christ. The riches that you and I will receive as genuine believers in Jesus Christ cannot be matched. This is what the fear of the Lord brings. Number four, because evil is shunned here. Turn to Proverbs 8. Turn to Proverbs 8. Fourth point, because evil is shunned here. Proverbs 8 and verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy. The evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. The more the fear of the Lord grows in you, the more you hate evil. And that's how that works. You know you're growing in the Lord because the more, the more you, the more, you know you're growing in the fear of the Lord because the more you grow in the fear of the Lord, the more and more you will hate evil. Look, the fear of the Lord and evil, they're not roommates. They do not get along. They do not send each other Christmas cards. Okay, they don't call each other once a week. They're never roommates. Evil and the fear of the Lord do not get along. The fear of the Lord says, I hate evil, I hate pride, I hate arrogance, I hate forwardness or perverseness. I hate evil because it takes me away from the paths of God. Romans 12, 9, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. When you don't hate evil, you don't fear the Lord. Preacher named Jack Hiles, he, he pastored the largest Sunday school class in the world. When he was a boy, they called him, they called him Little Jackie Boy. When, when Little Jackie Boy was small, his father was a drunkard. And his mom did not want little Jackie boy following after his dad. So what would happen is when they go into town, his mom would come across liquor bottles and trash cans. She'd, take, she'd tear the label off the liquor bottle and she'd throw it on the ground and she'd stomp on it. And then she'd have little Jackie boy come over here and stomp on it. And she's teaching him to, ha to hate evil, but she's also instilling into him the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 24, 21 says, My son, fear thou the Lord and the king, and meddle not with them that are given the change. You know what that verse means? That verse means uh, fear the Lord and don't hang out with people that don't fear the Lord. Our country is plagued by, by an opo opioid crisis. Since uh, around 900,000 people have died since 1999 because of a drug overdose. Every day, over 130 Americans die every day because of drugs. I've got two first cousins right now that are in the ground before they reach the age of 32 because of drugs. When, and both stories are similar. Hanging out with people that don't fear the Lord um, uh, and not hating sin enough to shun it. Thinking they could get close without going over the line. Oh, and that never works, by the way. It never, ever, ever works. What evil do you have in your life that you have a great hatred for? Is it pride? Arrogance? 
vanity, love of money, gossip, disunity, bitterness, perverted speech, self-pity, envy, idolatry, laziness, anxiety. When you're asking for a hatred of evil, you are asking him for a fear of him. And when we don't have fear, when we don't have the fear of God, we're blowing apart wisdom. And some of us say, oh, I feel so dumb. It's because we are. It's because we are. Let me tell you something. Without wisdom, we make really, really bad decisions. We make really, really stupid decisions without wisdom. But when we have the fear of the Lord, wisdom begins. A hatred for evil grows. And then blessings come. Number five. Because hope is strengthened here. Because hope is strengthened here. Last verse I'm going to have you turn to, Proverbs 23, 17. Last verse I'm going to have you turn to. Because hope is strengthened here. Because in the fear of the Lord is hope. And you know what? Me and you, we need hope. We need hope. Proverbs 23, 17, let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely there is an end and thine expectation shall not be cut off. My end there is my future. My expectation not being cut off means I can have hope in that future. Without hope, I have no hope for the future. It does not exist. But with the fear of the Lord, I have a future. My kids have a future. My church has a future. It says here, be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. It means continue in the fear of the Lord and do not give up. And if you do that, you'll be strengthened in hope. The verse says, let not thine heart envy sinners. You know what the lost people do? The lost looks at the present. They look at the present, and we shouldn't look at their present. We should not look at how prosperous the lost are now. You know why? Because they may be prosperous now, but they do not have a future. They do not have one. A lost man has no hope, and that's because his future is unsure. The verse says, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. You know the happiness that the wicked have today? They better enjoy it now. They better enjoy that happiness now because they're going to lose it one day and they'll never find it again. But all the good that me and you hope for, all the peace that me and you hope for, our eternal home in heaven that me and you hope for, we will not be disappointed. We are going to get what we expect. Because you know what the fear of the Lord will do? The fear of the Lord will keep you on track. The fear of the Lord will help you keep your eyes on a prize. The fear of the Lord will help you see the bigger picture. That is why the fear of the Lord is so vital. The concept of the fear of the Lord is found throughout the Bible. There are over 200 passages that teach people who are willing to listen how important this attitude of the fear of the Lord is. A little child runs toward 
a stove and grabs it. Why? Because he doesn't have any fear. Doesn't have any fear. Uh, uh, having no fear is dumb. It is. Little children with no fear get hurt badly. Uh, uh, having uh, uh, having uh, no fear of boiling water leads to a burn. Having no fear of, of getting hurt leads to reckless driving. may sound really brave to say I have no fear, but fear is a healthy thing to have. Especially fear in your spiritual life. Having no fear of God in your life is disastrous for your life. It's not only disastrous for your life, it is disastrous for the effectiveness of the church. Why? Because in the fear of the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom. 